where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world, this is the Gravity Bros Podcast. I'm Alicester, and I am joined today in the year 2023 by my brother Lucas Hester. I, uh, I actually had to stop myself for a second and be like, wait, is that what year it is for real? No, that was a future joke, everyone. If, if you're as lost as I am and don't know what day it is. Do you know what's funny? I totally walked in with the intention of saying I was going to be, like, way into the future. And 2023 is what I came up with, not realizing that it is literally only a year away. And that frightens wow, me, for real. Well, that, it threw me off, that's for sure. You, it was the future. Your joke was right, so. Yes, so... At this point, I've ruined the gag, but for all intents and purposes, here I am, from the future, here to go back and tell you, Lucas, yeah. that the rest of this Gravity Bros podcast is going to be a big success. You are going to have so much fun with your brother, and now yeah. I'm going to hand it over to 2022 Alec. I'm going to disappear. He's in the bathroom really quick. Gotcha. He's just going to hop on back. Okay? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, come back. He walked away from the screen. You can't see. <laughs> but he Bro, did. Bro, Bro, we're recording already. I'm, I mean, not... Yeah, what? What? How did that happen? You know what's funny? I'm a time traveler, too, for real. Wait. Like, actually? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what do you mean, though? Hold on, hold on. I just came back from the bathroom, and mm-hmm. now... Yeah, there's a time I'm... traveler here replacing you, right? Where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the not-animated world, this is the Gravity Bros Podcast. Sorry, man, it looks like we were two minutes in already, and I hadn't done the intro, and it was already recording... So here we are. The look of disapproval on Lucas's face right now. Did you know that I'm actually a time traveler? Am I really supposed to entertain this? Okay, yes. go ahead and tell me. Tell me. Yeah, I came, I came here from the past. Is this like a past joke because we are always in the past, technically just ever chasing the present? No, it's a joke because everybody's a time traveler. What? Because everybody's moving in time. You're traveling oh, through time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, should we call this really that hard to get to? (laughs) Should we call this the worst intro that we've ever had or the best? Is anybody still with us? Nobody. No, no, no. Cut that. Nobody. Never evaluate your own stream midstream. Oh, I love. No, I love evaluating my stream midstream. I think that uh, the meta of it all is very fun to me. You should only do it if it's a good valuation. So you think this is a bad evaluation? (laughs) You just asked if this was the worst intro we've ever done. Or the best, or the best. I think it oh. might be the best. Okay. Uh, by <laughs> the way, most people that listen to this podcast uh, from our Discord community and other places, at least uh, in our personal feed, tend to watch almost, or rather listen, to the entire thing. Like, the average runtime in recent episodes is like 95% of the whole thing, at least. That's so, insane. You guys are crazy. What's wrong with you? Go outside. No, I'm just kidding. You could be outside yeah. and watching or listening to this, actually. So, but it's helpful because if the runtime goes down, then I will know why. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. We have direct science here. So before I get completely carried away, which basically has already happened, we are talking about the time travel episode of Gravity Falls today. That is called The Time Traveler's Pig. Yes. A play on The Time Traveler's Wife for anybody who's not familiar with the culture cultural references very true and i've spent so much time screwing around that i kind of want to just get right into the recap of this one you know the cool thing about this episode actually is when when i I remember thinking about it when i started watching it and i was like oh time travel this has to be complicated it's a really simple story like 
as soon as the time traveling actually gets introduced is when it gets less complicated. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Because the mechanism of which they decide to use the time travel in the story is relatively simple. Yeah. Uh, okay, so check this out, right? So we get our cold open. We And what one thing I love about this episode is uh, Crunkle Stan, and I'll get more into that, but pretty much he's opening, he's starting this fair. He's created this fair, which he calls the cheapest fair that money can rent. I've spared every expense. <laughs> So funny, dude. So funny. Um, already just, he's so funny for me this whole time. Uh, his next great quote, Dipper asks if something that he's doing is legal. Grunkle asks him to do a blatantly illegal thing. And Dipper says, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. And Grunkle says, when there's no cops around, anything is legal. And I love that. Anywho, they set up this fair. For those who know the story, we're going to get introduced to a important character, which would be the pet of Mabel. We have the plot line with Dipper trying to date Wendy again. And that's pretty much this whole episode, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess. But but you're saying that the beginning is complicated. Or are you just saying well, that the ending is simple? That's why I'm saying that's pretty much this whole episode. Because if you notice, I actually didn't say anything about time travel when I gave that summary. True. And the reason I say that is because it's kind of a small part of the episode. Or at least, even though it might take up time, it doesn't actually have so much of an impact except for one important scene that we'll get into. And I know you know what I'm talking about. But this focuses so much more on Dipper's kind of like planning to try to get Wendy to date him that it doesn't actually feel like the time I feel like for a time travel story I don't feel like it's very metaphysical and I don't think about it as a very sci-fi episode and let me ask do you like that I do because it plays with expectations and it it I think that a lot of people can really I think a lot of stories get really lost in the weeds when it comes to time travel because like honestly time travel really doesn't make sense especially when it's done through writers and not physicists. Um, so like, you know, usually time travel, if you poke at it for 10 seconds, you find a million issues with anything, right? And not that you maybe couldn't do this with this, but it's kind of different. You suspend, you suspend your disbelief. But my point is they don't actually focus on how time travel works all that often. And they even kind of make fun of it at certain points and focus more on the, the story and the character and I like that a lot, actually, because I feel like time travel can be so messy. And they didn't do it in a messy way. Do you feel me? I absolutely feel you. So something that works in their favor, I think, is that some of the stories that will try really, really hard to make their time travel mechanism feel as uh, free of loopholes as possible, we'll say, I actually think end up getting in their own way a little bit and taking it too seriously. Yes, and you're describing you, exactly what I'm talking about very well. So when you get a cartoon that they already have freedom of just being a cartoon and they can kind of do whatever they want because that's the beauty of animation, right? You can mm -hmm. make all kinds of things happen just with a little bit of art that is not going to be as possible without millions of dollars of science fiction effects yes. uh, in a uh, live action show or movie. Mm -hmm. So with that in their favor already, I also do like that they went a simpler route with this. Yeah. Uh, and 
I think, in my opinion, we are now three for three on Dipper and Wendy episodes, which you have still now, said you tend to hate. Nope, 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 don't, don't, no, nah, let me backtrack here, because I talked about one specific thing about the episode that I'm praising, but one, the only thing that I've underlined in all of my notes was, this is peak Dipper cringe. But, Peak I, Dipper cringe. So, keep in mind that my thesis with this argument from the beginning is that, Dipper and Wendy episodes, despite the cringe, foster stories that end up making for very good episodes. And I believe that this this episode is further evidence toward my point. See, I, the thing is, I think the episodes are good despite that. I don't think it's because of it. Well, that's interesting because I believe that the Wendy-Dipper thing really is the crux of the entire time travel reasoning, so it's hard for me to get around that being a critical element of how we get where we get. And yet, everything I like about it has nothing to do with Dipper and Wendy's part. But is that terrific writing? The fact that they are using this story as a mechanism to get other amazing content out, even if oh, that's not that, the part that, that is like. good writing. Yeah, that's good writing. That doesn't mean that I defend its existence in the plot, necessarily. And we can't take away from the fact that, as far as the show goes, you still consider it to be a flaw. Something that you don't like about the show. And you that is a weakness, I guess, regardless of whether it fosters good episodes or not. I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I'm saying it's too prevalent, for my taste. Okay. Do you like, want to, like, really dig into the recap and sort of uh, explore what we like and don't? Yeah, especially when it pertains to... Because this is very, very Dipper Wendy-centric. So Nice. Yeah. So you already teased our cold open. Um, I do love that it sets up Grunkle Stan at this fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got this great scam for a dunk tank that doesn't yeah. actually work when people throw baseballs at it. But Seuss has a nice little foreshadowing moment that I didn't want to forget. Where he's like, oh, nothing could break it except for a futuristic arm cannon. Or something uh, like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very funny. And, Very funny and, joke. Yeah, but and then to go ahead and close off that cold open, we see a character creep from the outside of the scene. He's got a strange-looking outfit, which is pretty well-animated, I think. It feels out of place within the world. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get right into our theme song, and we're like, okay, well, who is this guy? Yeah, he's in a gray jumpsuit. And he's voiced by the same person who does Rick and Morty and Lemon Grab from Adventure Time. So, we're at the fair. There's mystery-shaped pretzels. Those are cool. Apparently, Those are cool. Yeah, they are. Dipper had asked Wendy earlier if she wanted to hang out at the fair, and she just said, I guess so. So he kind of took that as meaning it's a date, I think, even though he doesn't yeah, explicitly yeah. No, say he that. he definitely explicitly says that, 100%. Because Mabel goes, oh, it's like you're on a date. And he goes, no, it's not like a date. Okay, yeah, it is kind of like that. He's to he says it totally blatantly. It's kind of like that. But Dude, he, you know that what it means. Is, it mean, it's cringe is what it means. That's what it means. <laughs> You're not right. I sat about there. That. I sat there just going like, oh. And also, you know, okay, so I said that this Dipper Mabel or the Dipper Wendy thing is weird, but part of why it's weird is because of how everyone else are, interacts around it. I've said that multiple you, times too. You have. Robbie. Who who gets mad at a 12-year-old 
for hitting on the girl. You said this too. You said yeah. this too. You're, you're so. It's not a thing, dude. Nobody's. I mean, like, sure, some some people probably are that insecure, but like, it that takes me out of it. That that actually takes me out of watching the show. I lose the flow because I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is just it silly. No, no, it does not take me out of it because that is what Robbie would do. That is Robbie's character, dude. dude we don't need all of make our cartoon characters. We don't need all of our cartoon characters to be like real people from the real life. That's why it's a cartoon. No, but they still need to be realistic enough that I cuz you're you're right, but in a world where all, where other characters are relatable and realistic, you stick out if you're not. So like Mabel and Dipper are extremely humanized. We get extremely humanizing depictions of most characters in this series. So to have Robbie act like, you know, I mean, I get it. It's a dramatized teen. You know, I get it. I get the trope, okay? But, like, just... It, it, I don't like that it just feeds into this plot because it's the least interesting thing about the show to me. I want to know literally about everything else except for this. Three episodes ago, we got a character called the Manitar, and you're saying that it's distracting from the relatability of real characters? Like, I can't get on Is board a Manitar with that a regular character? Well, they treat him like one. He's kind of... He's in one episode! (laughs) Okay, but he's a humanized character, which is clearly a caricature, which is what Robbie is. Dude, a caricature is the opposite of humanizing your character. That's stereotyping. That is the literal opposite thing. All right, that's fair. But what I'm basically (laughs) trying to say is that he's an exaggerated version. I probably used the wrong verbiage. Um, but I also see Robbie as being an exaggerated version of a teenager, like the Manitar was an exaggerated version of masculinity. You know, they exaggerate these things because it brings out humor. It does, but, but, but for this, it doesn't because it's not funny. It's cringe. It doesn't add, it subtracts. You know, it's not that like the sarcastic teen humor can't be funny. It's because it, I like it's not that I hate Robbie's character all the time when he's like that. But when it's with Dipper, it doesn't make sense to me. You just can't put yourself in the frame of mind to be able to see it. And I will give you credit here, even though I disagree with you. I guess if you are being taken out of it, that's in a way a valid critique no matter what. Just because no, nothing can take away from your experience of having been taken out of it as a result of this. Um but I still, yeah. soon, I did not have the same experience. Well, yeah, that's fair, sir. I'm probably making page-turning sounds because I've dropped my book. <laughs> so many page-turning sounds. Sorry, man. I found it. This is the problem with not doing notes digitally. I'm, yeah, I do I'm my old notes. fashioned. I like books. I like the feeling of the page, and now y'all are gonna hear it. Stop! <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, you're just trying to make my podcast editing job so difficult. Yeah, you're gonna have a tough one this time. I I, I spend a lot of time editing, so I want to share the wealth. It's already a tough one. We've broken format so much. We're just yeah, like arguing about different parts of the show, dude. Um, honestly, I, I like it a little bit. <laughs> I do, too. I do too. So I'm going to use this distraction, yes. called Waddles the Pig, in a similar way that Mabel was distracted by a stand called Win a Pig. In the episode, right? Okay, so, I just want to say that was a seamless transition, and if y'all don't think that you should be following us, that's a reason enough, in my opinion. That was great. Good job. All right, please continue. Mabel <laughs> stopped listening to everything that Dipper was saying because she saw this opportunity to win a pig at the fair. And in a very quick and seamless, hilarious way, she just walks up to it, says, Sir, I must have the pig. 
He goes, oh, old 15 pounder? You have to guess the weight. And she's like, 15 pounds. Whoa, are you some kind of witch? Which becomes a funnier joke soon, <laughs> even. Definitely. Um, uh, but I, I like the small town vibe of this. Like, it actually, this fair gives the town a lot of character. And these little side characters, and that's what I mean. In I'm bringing it back. I'm sorry. In terms of humanizing a character, like, this guy gives a lot of flavor. Okay, that's all I'll say about it. But gives a lot of flavor to the town in a realistic way. Like, oh, this is like the, you know, like, this is the small town vibe. These people are kind of derpy and kind of believe in some wacky old stuff, you know? Like, it gives it a lot of flavor. And still exaggerated, I will keep harping on. Of course, yeah. I but even not, so. not in an annoying way, though. Not in an annoying way. That's true. So, that's it. All of a sudden, Mabel has waddles. Yep. Uh, it does not take much extra plot. It's just like, well, Mabel's got this pig. Game over. And on the other game, Dipper yep. is trying to win Wendy a stuffed animal, which is described as maybe being a duck or a panda. And he says, great line here, that the trick is to knock out the carny and just steal the prize, like Grunkle Stan says. Actually, that that would have probably been a better option, all things considered. Especially considering how it goes. Yeah, because he basically knocks out Wendy. Not exactly, yeah. but he, throws he, the ball, yeah. it hits her in the eye, and uh, she is not having a good time. You know, yeah, I'm a little out of order, but there's another reason why I actually don't like this episode that we'll get into soon. Um, oh my philosoph god. Philosophically, actually. I have okay. a very big philosophical issue with this show, or with this episode. You which and your you philosophy. Just... I'm just laughing and having a fun time at the fair. <laughs> I can't. I can't have fun. I've ruined that part of me already. <laughs> if you and I go to the fair, we'll have fun. Yeah, that's true. We will. That's true. Cool. So Dipper runs to go grab ice. He comes back. But the crux of your frustration, Robbie, is helping Wendy with a snow cone. Uh, and in this very quick moment... He just asks if uh, she'd go out with him. And yep. she says, yeah, I guess so. The same way that she said yes to Dipper's maybe date, to be fair. So That is maybe... a great note, actually. I did not notice that. That is such a good point. That that No, that's intentional. That shows that in Wendy's mind, Robbie's date and Dipper's date are equal in her mind. You actually just made that make sense. And that makes me really mad at Wendy also, because that means she's leading on two people. I know that that's her character. Okay, I can chalk that up because they established that that's her very well. Okay. But it's yep. still like, I still wish, it's annoying because I, like, people do that for real. And I wish people wouldn't do that. And I don't know if there's ever any, like, full circle where they do say people shouldn't do this. <laughs> It's funny that you say it takes you out of it, but you also seem like... I got sucked in in that moment. Okay, you, you got me there. Touche. Touche. <laughs> I ain't saying about that. Touche. Excuse me. <laughs> That's all right. So uh, Dipper arrives to this scene in disbelief while Mabel interrupts him to show, show him her new pig. And she actually is pretty sympathetic when she realizes that... Wendy is now going out with Robbie. She's like, ooh, like, sorry about that, bro. That kind of sucks. But not yeah. before we learn the name of the pig, which is Waddles. I already spoiled it probably multiple times, but she names yeah. Waddles officially right there. Because yeah. he waddles, which is just her, like, shaking him. <laughs> That's a choice. So we get introduced to our time traveler. I want to get to that because that's very kind of important, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. His name is Blendon Blandon. Blendon? Blandon. 
That is correct. I wrote it down because it would be hard for me. And Dipper sees him after the fair is over and he says pretty much blames him for the issue at first with Wendy because he like bumped into Dipper when he threw the ball. I actually don't remember what happened. Dude, okay, no, I'm glad you said that, because I thought I missed something, but I also didn't see him do anything that affected the scene. But I might have been taking notes at that exact moment, and I even yeah. thought about going back. But if both of us missed it, it must have been very quick, whatever it I rem- was. I remember it happening, I just don't remember specifically what it was, but yeah, he like crossed Dipper's path or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. It doesn't actually really make that big of a difference, but the point is Dipper recognizes him and says, hey man, you're the guy who messed up my day today. And some, and he's kind of a nervous character, like his, he, his personality is very nervous. Dipper says, ruined my life. Let's not, like, undersell the hyperbole. Did he, I thought he said, ruined my day. I am pretty sure he said life. That's pretty funny. <laughs> 12-year-olds. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the, the this time guy that we find out, he's a time traveler. He says it pretty soon. Um, he's got, like, a time watch. And he even says at one point, shut your time mouth, which is a very, I think that's funny. It's a very like Rick and Morty kind of joke, you know, but like, and if you didn't know the writer of Rick and Morty and the writer of Gravity Falls went to school together and they like reference each other's shows. So there's actually Rick and Morty references in Gravity Falls and vice versa. I did not know that. Okay. News to me. I thought you did know that. That's so funny. Um, Nope. Anywho, so uh, Blendon Blandon is like, I'm a time traveler, and Dipper, without hesitation, is like, can I use your time travel device? <laughs> now, I will say, this this is one of the issues I have, is like, and I could be convinced out of this, but is this out of character for Dipper? Like, he's, I feel like when it comes to metaphysical stuff, he usually takes it pretty seriously. And for him to be down, he even acknowledges that he's going to mess with the timeline and we don't want to go too far back so that we don't cause any bad ripples. So he clearly has stated that he has an awareness of just how dangerous this could be, but totally does it literally just to clear a good date day with somebody. I would push back against that. I do not think it's out of character. And the reason is, I think that Dipper is extremely logical, except Mm -hmm. for one consistent thing in the series. He is obsessed with Wendy. And I hate to say it, man, but it's not that unrealistic. When you're a kid like that and you have a crush on somebody, there's pretty much nothing else that you care more about. So Dipper is You would literally destroy the universe with time travel shenanigans to make it happen. I don't think that (laughs) he comprehends the gravity of it, if you will. Ah, gravity bros we plugged it okay sorry uh i think that's a fair i think that's fair that's why i wasn't as hardlined saying that because i wasn't quite sure um i understand why you say it because it is obviously like one of the most dangerous things any human could possibly do but Mm -hmm. i also think that goes into the extraness of the show where they take something and they amplify it and dipper's reaction to this situation something that seems so small and becomes a universe altering event is very much the show so with this note this is where i think the plot becomes very simple and i can summarize a big chunk of it very quickly Dipper starts going back in time to try to make the date work, and it just doesn't work a bunch of times. And hijinks ensue in between that, but that's essentially what just ends up happening, is he just goes back in time over and over and over again, different tactics, nothing works. 
this is something that I don't like philosophically because it implies determinism. It implies fate and that no matter what you do, some things are written. And I just kind of disagree. Metaphysically. So, do you know what's wild? Hmm. Um, even what, what I say is not going to change your point. But I had a problem with this as well in the beginning. And then I yeah. realized something that sort of changed my mind. In fact, no, the problem that I had really was that. And you're not going to get around it. It's determinism. That's fine. Well, no, fine, it's not. On. It sucks. Sorry, it's determinism. not fine. <laughs> All right. Fine. I, fine is one of my default words. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I know that I'm skipping way ahead here, but at this point, you covered the montage. We can go into some details from it later with some fun moments, but what was the one thing that stopped the determinism from taking place? The one thing that stopped the determinism from taking place, and this is why I question Dipper so hard in this one, is because of Waddles. The one thing that changes is if Mabel doesn't become one with Waddles that day. That is not exactly how I interpreted it. While that is true, what actually changes is when Dipper has the assistance of Mabel, he's able to accomplish something that he otherwise would not have. So despite the determinism theme, what we're actually getting is a subtle reference to sibling relationship and dependence on each other. And the idea that sometimes there's some give and take in sibling relationships and you may sacrifice something for your sibling when otherwise you would have been able to get something better out of it on your own end. See, I I see what you mean as the fan taking that, but it feels more like you're covering for the writer than that was the writer's intent. Do you know what I mean? For this particular case, I feel like, I don't know. The reason I say that is because it's pretty flippin' convoluted how many things fail for Dipper. And it, at least the, it, like, it's, it's not a matter of Dipper, because Dipper couldn't have found anyone to help him. You know what I mean? Like, could it, well, imagine if anyone else had done that simple thing that Mabel did, which anyone could have done. But it wouldn't right? have worked. Because it still needed... wouldn't have worked. But it wouldn't have worked just because they're doing this with determinism. I understand from a literal approach that's how you're taking it, but I think that thematically it's pretty cool. I like the idea that Dipper and Mabel's stories in this show are so intertwined with each other that one step, like the butterfly effect almost, triggers the other. So there, and okay, sure, it is determinism, like it basically is, there's a choice here where one sibling can get what they want and the other one can't. And again, for me, it's a cartoon. I don't need it to be realistic. I can't say that it's necessarily consistent throughout the show either. Um, But I still liked it. I still liked it because, metaphorically speaking, I love that Dipper and Mabel need each other in this show. It reminds me of our relationship. And I think that the the sibling friendship that these two have is sort of like the entire backbone of the show. So... For that reason, despite any kind of other flaws, I still loved it. And well, yeah. you're 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 very right about the fact that their relationship is the backbone, and that that does carry thematically through in a lot of different ways in the show. And in one of the little ways pertaining also to the voice acting praise we were giving earlier is there's one scene that's super short, where I think I don't remember exactly the line, but Dipper says like a joke about time, like some time joke. 
and then yeah. Mabel says it like right after him slightly different and they just have a little cute moment where he's like oh yeah that's that's what I meant that was that joke but you got it and it's like a very little super realistic human dialogue thing that would happen between siblings and like those moments are what make me like episodes like this still I still have all these problems with this episode that I'm talking about, but I can't say I don't like a Gravity Falls episode because of the things that you're talking about with character. It To me, it doesn't redeem how, how chaotic... Like Again, I complain about time travel stories. I might just think that this is just too hard to be done well, you know? It, it might yeah. just be one of those things that I, I always... Whenever I see a time travel story, my brain just goes to too many problems, and it's it's like a personal problem to an extent. You know, like, time travel's been ruined for me because of Rick and Morty criticizing it, TVH. Oh, uh, okay. I understand. Well, what, well, it's like, as soon as somebody points out, it's like the ink blot test, you know? Like, as soon as you see an image, you can't unsee it. Yeah. So as soon as I po- they pointed out the thing, the trope that I didn't like, I was like, okay, yeah, no, this time travel never makes sense, and it's ruined now. So let me ask, because in the beginning you said that you liked the simplicity. Did you talk yourself out of it once you thought of the determinism part? And it no. was not it didn't occur to you until we talked about it? No, because I still that is still why I like the episode. It is because of the simplicity of the characters and the dynamic, because that is what it brings it home with. You know, Grunkle Stan, even though he's not really in this episode as much as one of my favorite parts of the episode, because he's so funny. The dunk tank setup is hilarious. Like, there's still a million great things about this show or about this episode, obviously about the show in general. But, um, you know, what? I just think that this happens to have a lot of things that I the a lot of the only things that I don't like about the show all happen to be lumped into this. Now, there is one thing about this episode that really redeems it from all of those problems for me, and that's one thing that we missed in the uh, time travel montage, and that's that we get one scene where they start time traveling, like, you know, they they start arguing over the watch because of Waddles and, like, debating whether or not they should, um, you know, save Waddles or save the relationship and, or ruin the relationship, I guess, (laughs) in a hysterical way to think about it. And... At one point after, you know, you see dinosaurs, they go, they go back to settler times and we get a really funny joke where Mabel's like, I'm going to start messing with time all the time. I don't care anymore. Hey, kid, this is a high five. This is like a phone and like start showing him technology and stuff, which is I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and then like makes even a joke like, oh, hey, women get the right to vote soon. Look forward to that. I'm like, great jokes. Loving this. Yeah. Um, but in the time travel montage after that, we see the, the mystery shack, but it doesn't have the title on it. It's buried in the snow and it doesn't have any of the mystery shack qualities that we know about it. It's just a house in the snow in Oregon. And we see Grunkle Stan walk out of the front door. Pretty much that's all we know. If you know more than that, don't tell people because we keep these spoiler free for a reason. Yeah, but this is a very cool scene later, and that's all we can say. So be hyped. A scene that I did not grasp my first time watching around, and rewatching it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, literal, literal chills when I saw it. I forgot that it was in this episode too, and when I saw it, I was just like, "Oh my god, dude!" And that, and and in in reference to that, another thing that we noticed from this episode is that Blendon Blandon is actually seen in other episodes that have happened already of Gravity Falls in the background. Yes. And these, this is the brilliance 
of the show. And this is why this episode is still so awesome, despite all the flaws that I have with it, because we still get this writing, man, this writing where like, oh, you just wove every single episode of this whole story together in a single episode. You just like pulled the string that tightened the whole weave together in a single episode. And it was done so well even though I have all of these other plots that I don't like going on, they still nailed this so hard that I got chills in a scene. And that is beyond impressive for a show to do, even with other things going wrong, in my opinion. Well said. So there's some other things that I wanted to very quickly mention through the, mon- I shouldn't say the montage, but uh, through yeah. all of Dipper's failed attempts to correct the re- Wendy situation. My favorite thing is that... Uh, <laughs> Mabel goes to the guy who got waddles for her the first time and just says 15 pounds and yes I'm a witch that's it that was my favorite joke too and what we find like later they say that like oh there couldn't be that many repercussions to time traveling and then they go back in time and then once they leave we see a mob literally show up with pitchforks and torches looking for Mabel to kill her now this brings up some a funny thought that I had about this in okay. time travel. Now, in time travel theory, I watched an anime recently called Steins Gate. And the way time travel works in Steins Gate is every time you time travel, you're actually just traveling into a different universe. And you and interact in that universe and then leave it behind and you get replaced with a different version of you. That's a right? great concept. I want to watch that. You should. You would love Steins Gate, dude. You, you should so watch it. It's a phenomenal show. You would actually love it so much. Um, but the reason I thought that was funny is because let's pretend that that's accurate. Mabel and Dipper just wrecked so many genuine timelines. And there's even a timeline that Dipper left Mabel in where she is clinically depressed for a literal full month straight. And bangs her head on a pole outside without eating or bathing for 30 straight days. That is accurate. And I'd Um, also like to point out the little problem I have with Dipper is that every time he said, oh, I'll check up on you in a little bit of time to make sure you're okay in the future. I'm getting ahead of myself. What What I'm referencing is that after this whole debate, Dipper says that they end up deciding to save the relationship and make sure that uh, Robbie and Wendy don't date, right? Well, kind of. Mabel reluctantly agrees because Pacifica has waddles, which is like the worst case scenario. But I think Mabel is trying to do the right thing more by Wendy having to date Robbie than purely because of Dipper. That's implied. And that, that was a scene, that was a line that was funny. Like, do you really want Wendy to date Robbie? And she goes, I don't know. Like, yes, I would very much consider breaking those people up over my own happiness. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i'm like that that's that's pretty intense dude like if somebody said that to me i'd be like yeah dude i don't freaking care about someone else's relationship i want my pig <laughs> so that actually does show that mabel has a lot of kindness in her heart actually and i really appreciate that too um because i don't have that much kindness <laughs> screw them <laughs> um, um but anywho so they reluct- she reluctantly agrees and then she becomes depressed And Dipper says, Mabel, I know you, you're going to be fine so soon. You become emotionally attached to everything. Um, And I did think that that was a very realistic criticism that I would see from siblings, you know? So so I loved how that played. It all was very organic. And then Dipper goes forward in time with the thing. It's a tape measure, not a watch. I just remembered. 
Um, oh, or maybe it's, yeah, a, it's a tape measure in a watch. I didn't correct. No, no, it's on it's on Blended Blandon's tool belt, so it's totally That's like right. a pure tape measure. Sorry, I didn't correct you before, but I meant to say at some point. Yeah, the time yeah. travel device is a tape measure. Yes, I uh, I I knew that. Obviously, I just spoke incorrectly. Uh, so Dipper goes like, I'll, I'll check tomorrow. He goes tomorrow. Mabel's still hitting her head on the pole. Travels forward more time, more time, more time. You get the idea. But the furthest we see him go forward in time is 30 days. That means that he actually straight up let a real version of Mabel be depressed and not eat for 30 straight days with no intervention. Theoretically, that happened. And remind me, did we get confirmation whether he was just time traveling forward to see where she was at? or whether? Yeah, that's what he was doing. Okay, good. Because I was thinking it would be interesting if he had just lived the life for 30 days and continuously checked on her. And then we no, would have no, a lot of traveled. questions about what happened within those 30 days. So there might be a missed opportunity there. Um, yeah. Well, but, I mean, but that's the thing though, if, assuming that if there is actually, I mean, I, I, the way that they wrote it, I think that we're supposed to assume that he undoes all of those things and that they don't ever end up happening mm-hmm. so that that moral question is erased. But just to be a troll, like, let's think about it the other way. Let's just pretend that that reality is still there and he just left it for a different one. And Mabel's still out there. (laughs) And that's a hypothetical, but based on the ending of the episode, I think we have a pretty solid idea of how the time travel mechanism works. And, you know, it's it's not in, like, a multiple universe way. No, Um, But I like uh, like the idea. It's morbid and funny. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting... There's some pretty good research. Um, I feel like I've said this before, but my background is mostly in positive psychology, which is like happiness science and things of that nature. People actually tremendously underestimate their ability to bounce back from tragedies. Um, They think that it's going to basically destroy their entire life. And most of the time, they may not be as happy as they were, but they're pretty okay. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a pretty reasonable thought for Dipper to maybe think that Mabel will be okay. Selfish but probably a reasonable thought that she will in fact get over it. And I don't know how realistic it really is that Mabel never does and just doesn't eat or go to the bathroom and stays in the same spot bouncing her head. But (laughs) I'm using this as the opportunity to once again say, that's the beauty of the show. It's the extraness. It's taking an idea that clearly doesn't make sense and amplifying it to the 11th degree. That's what Gravity Falls does. I'm not going to lie, though. When you phrase it like that, it actually makes me like the scene less no lucas you're (laughs) i know that that's not what your intention but when you say that you're right i'm like yeah that is kind of stupid actually that mabel would just sit out there and suffer because it it makes the reason i don't like it is because it it makes like i don't know i i i guess that like they could I, i can like I can rationale it being fine in my head because I can imagine like they're just exaggerating the fact that she would have still been sad. Like it makes sense that she still would have been sad. That makes sense. And they're just depicting that through something that there's literally no way would ever happen in a million years. Yes. You see my problem. I I have, I have cognitive dissonance now. I wouldn't even thought about it. (laughs) All right. But Lucas, I would love to be able to talk you through this in a way where you can appreciate cartoons that make absolutely no sense because I don't, my favorite show is adventure time. It's just, it's just how they make no sense. You need to make no, it's, you need to make no sense consistently. You know, that's interesting. You got to play by the rules of your own narrative. 
And if you start breaking your own universe's rules, that's when you get taken out of it, you know? So my point is that I don't believe that they have broken their universe's rules. I believe that Gravity Falls is a show that does this. They take whatever the concept is and they just make it more ridiculous. And they'll they'll even use humor and lines. For example, the line a few episodes ago with Gideon where the doctor confirms this woman will die if you don't go on the date with this guy. Like that, that is what the funny. show is, right? They use those types of comedic moments, but also serious moments to show how this universe works in comparison to ours. And see that, that to me is why it's different though. Cause when you make fun of something to where it's a joke, then you're making a joke. But when you're exaggerating something to the point of like Mabel's emotional distress or Robbie's emotional distress, but it's not a joke, you're playing it like a real human character trait. That's when I get lost because like nobody thinks like Wendy's dad, for example, you know, he's a joke, you know, there's nothing about him. That's not a joke. Everything is joke with that character. There's no sure. humanism to him at all. You know, yeah. Same with the, 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 you know, uh, the fair guy we talked about earlier in this episode who gives, uh, Wendy, uh, uh, who gives Mabel the pig. Yeah. They are you know, designed for comic relief and nothing else. I understand. Exactly. What and they're great at that, but it's when the exaggeration gets confused with some of those emotional moments that, that I think that I get a little bit lost. That's interesting. I can understand that. Because usually, they... usually emotionally, it's so realistic otherwise. That's why it throws me off is because we have so many real human emotions with all these characters. So then when I see Mabel do something like this, I'm like, what? You're not like that. You wouldn't do that. You know, like you're smarter than that. But but they've also got a story to tell and you didn't recognize the Mabel discrepancy until I mentioned something. So it didn't take you out of it. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, to, but... But that's on the point of it being consistent within world is that it's just inconsistent enough that it still takes me out of it again, only in this episode. I haven't had the same crit. Well, actually only, only with this episode. And when I see the Dipper and Wendy thing go too hard, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it doesn't take me out, but sometimes it's extra cringe. There's a, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, Gravity Falls is great about it. It's just this one episode that that does it a little different for me i think so far interesting i mean this is the first time you've harped on it this much so i will give you the benefit of the doubt in that regard i don't like I time travel i don't like determinism and i don't like guys creeping on girls i don't care what age you are so lumping all three of those things in a single episode get put a bad taste in my mouth even though there's a lot of other things i love about it that's fair i'll leave it there um yeah i think it's funny because you are very good at having very nuanced critiques, whereas I just don't think about that stuff. I just watch it, <laughs> and I find ways to critique it in a way where it's like, this is why I don't care, and I'm unpacking my own reasons why I don't care. Um, but I think that you've made some very valid points today, and I I've actually really enjoyed this discussion. No, me too. Well, I love that we just intake content differently, too, because, like... yeah. It allows us to appreciate it in a different way and kind of figure out how to appreciate it in the other way in ways that work for us. So that, that's kind of cool, too. Definitely. Um, and I'm sure that we'll have a lot more of that as we go. So shall we talk about the ending here? Yes. So Blendon Blandon comes back after, I believe, Dipper has finally decided he is going to correct things and let Mabel keep Waddles. Yeah. And he has, do you have any idea how many rules you broke? I don't know. I wasn't with you, but it was probably a lot, right? 
And that was a very, very funny joke. Like, I actually don't know. Like, it was probably a lot. He was correct. Because two men show up from the future. They are there to arrest him for violating the time traveler's code of conduct because it was his tape measure that caused all of this, even though he wasn't responsible. He's getting taken away by the time police and he looks at Dipper and says, I'm going to go back and make sure your parents never met so you'll never be born. So mean. Yeah. And I was like, well, and, and Dipper just goes, well, we're still here. Guess he didn't do it. That that was actually terrific. So, so good. So, so good. good. Um, if people hear <laughs> slapping in this recording, it's because I clap when I laugh a lot and I apologize. Boy, Lucas, you always do the video editing and I do the podcast editing. It's funny for me to go back and hear things that I didn't even notice the first time. <laughs> I'm you... trying to be more mindful about it because I know you've got, like, I'm trying not to, like, crack my, you know, joints and stuff like that. That I'd all these, you know, I'm so ADHD, I can't not do all these stupid noisy ticks. It's probably hell for you to <laughs> It's so funny, though. It makes me <laughs> laugh every time, to be honest, more than anything. Um, so, uh, I'm glad. The- these uh, people from the future, they do go ahead and um, deliver on Seuss's foreshadow from the cold open by shooting the uh, dunk tank and dropping Ruggle Stan into it after he, like, tries to harass them. Uh, Which was very, very funny. It really I was. It. I really and laughed at that. Also, Waddles does Dipper a big solid by, I believe knocking Robbie into some hot water and shrinking yep. his pants, which makes Wendy laugh, and then he's a laughing stock, And uh, everybody has a good time. Dude, like, you know, I'm sorry. I was kind of a young punk kid that got bullied. I think I feel attacked. I think that's what this is coming down to. Why is everybody shit on Robbie? Is this problem that you relate to Robbie? You know, I think it's funny to spin it narratively that way for our episode, so I'm gonna say that even though I don't actually think it's true. But yeah, I'm attacked! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that you were exactly quite a Robbie. Um, no, no, you, not at all. You did have the punk vibe going on, but that was just, like, your interests. I think yeah, that you no, were still, no, like, no, no, no. nice to people. I wasn't, not... a, yeah, no, I was not a rude kid, I don't think. But I was bullied a lot growing up, so it's not cool to see everyone laughing at his tight pants, because that happened to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, not after they got hot water on them and they were, like, attached to oh, their legs you, like you that. don't know. You don't know what I've been through. No, I'm just kidding. That, I don't you, think that ever... If that ever did happen, I probably would have just taken them off and started dancing, so... That's right. No assumptions <laughs> here. So, um, we do get a great after credit scene where Blendon Blandon has to go correct all of the things that Dipper and Mabel did, and that's, like Lucas mentioned, where we get him showing yes. up in episodes that have already happened. Um, and I've alluded to in the past that characters have showed up maybe and i didn't say who it was it was blended bland and he was there in the background and if you go back you can see him in these scenes which i think is really really cool so awesome um also something that we didn't talk about one bit is the giant baby that rules the future the time uh, baby did we t- did you talk about it no we have not mentioned time baby yeah we we you're right in that in that time travel sequence uh dipper and mabel go to a time where there's a big time war happening and there's a big time baby that we see that, uh, it, I mean, we don't know much about it now, but uh, it does end up coming back later, I think, actually, somehow. Yeah, I, I think that you are correct. I, just, I remember what happens, and I almost just spoiled it. That would have sucked. Yep. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. Um, it is interesting that the baby has the logo on its head that's the same as the tape measure 
that is there for the time travel. So that yeah. symbol is somewhat important. I, I get the idea that there's like a society of like people in the future that's discovered time travel. And that's where like all of that comes from. That makes sense. Like a centralized area, you know, which is um, kind of silly also. Cause like if time travel was real, wouldn't a bunch of societies be able to do it? Anyway, that's beside the point. Again, I have problems with time travel. Let's get past me. Fair enough. Well, listen, dude, um, we're not done with the time travel topic yet. However, Jesus, let's get into our mystery plaque award winner. Who was your favorite character of the episode who got your two points and your backup? I I'm going to change mine because I wrote something kind of dumb. What I wrote was two points to Grunkle Stan because I saw him falling and I love it when people fall. I'm actually going to keep the point the same but i'm not doing it for that reason i'm doing it because of the cool scene that we get um and i want to highlight that scene and i can't do it with another character so i want to just say like even though it was a small thing that one little flashback scene with grunkle stan is so cool that i have to give him those points and his opening lines in the beginning of this episode are so flipping funny they're like actually some of my favorite lines from the show um, nice. I think that just, I, I don't know if this is, again, just because I'm a ratchet kind of person, but uh, the cheapest fair money can rent, I spared every expense, is so funny to me. I don't know why I love that joke. And then I gave my other point to um, Waddles. Dude, you're not going to believe this. You did, you did the same thing. Two episodes in a row, we have the same uh, mystery plaque points. Yep. I cannot believe you did that exact. I can't believe you gave two to Grunkle. I didn't think you'd do that. He made me laugh. Like the whole episode, yeah. he was funny. We glossed over a lot of it, to be honest. But the dunk yeah. tank thing was a reoccurring joke throughout the episode. It was and so funny. <laughs> it, from the moment the episode started, I got most of my laughs through that. Same. And I think once again, this was an episode where maybe some character flaws were exposed or characters didn't stand out for me. You probably don't remember this, but I now remember the reason we almost called this the Waddles Award in the first place, which is that Mabel won Waddles. So the idea was that, oh, a character is winning an award. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to be self-referential mostly and pick one point for Waddles because we almost named the award after Waddles in the first place. Uh, That's kind of why I did it too. I'm not going to say that wasn't a factor. (laughs) That's incredible. So... We do have some insights from Journal 3, but there's not really a whole lot to learn. Um, We do uh, see Dipper understand why Blendon is named Blendon. Do you know? No, I don't. Blend in? Because he blends in with the... That's so... You know, when I said it at the beginning of this podcast, Blendon, Blandon, I figured it had to be some silly thing like that. Like, blend... Like, I... I'm a little mad at myself that I wasn't able to immediately pick that up, to be honest. That's fair. So yeah, it really is just Dipper making notes about this guy and the fact that he had seen him several times. So we get more confirmation on that. And uh, Blendon was in the journal before as something that was seen by Dipper. Um, And there was even a little section on it, but I decided not to talk about it at the time because... I didn't want to spoil it's, anything. Yeah, it effectively is a spoiler. That's cool. Yeah, um, but he thought he was a ghost. Um, and he even drew a picture of Blendon with, like, a little ghost tail. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's from the past. And then we confirm that he's from the year 20... Se- sorry, 20,712. Five digits. Cool. Um, hey! And th- in this universe, humanity makes it that long. That's probably more, in- more than in most universes, I'm betting. 
Yeah, and then Mabel took over the journal to write about Waddles and how he's a superhero and uh, yeah. saved her life because of how great he is. Yeah. Set. The S-tier author content that everybody needs in their metaphysics book. Terrific. So what I'm the most excited to talk about actually is making our entry into Journal 4 because there's nothing else to talk about other than time travel, right? And yeah. you clearly have a lot of thoughts on this. Our entire episode narratively has been weaved around this concept of time travel. So yeah. now... Time travel from the beginning of the episode to the end. What do you think? As I said before, I am a time traveler. I am traveling through time. So it's real, 100%. 10 out of 10. I, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking, right? We're traveling forward in time because that's how time works from our perspective. That's the, It's a joke, right? What you're Dude, asking you, is... No, no, if you want to give the 10 on the joke, I think that's hilarious. I will not even be mad. Well, I, I mean, I kind of do, but I also have genuine thoughts about time travel and want to bitch, so I'm going to do that too. Because um, the thing is, my friends Cameron and uh, Thomas are both math majors and were like very into physics and, and kind of explained to me how time travel doesn't work based on relativity and the speed of light and stuff like that. And in all honesty, I am not going to pretend like I have a physics degree and could explain it with any amount of credibility, but the way that I understand it, moving backwards in time shouldn't be possible, and moving forward in time should be possible. So, in regards to that, like, you should be able to move fast. Again, this is all based on theory. Theoretically, you could be able to move forward in time and slow your own aging process to where... In a way, it seems like you're jumping time, even though technically you're still physically traveling, but doing so in reverse shouldn't work. So in that regard, I think that when I say like I'm making the joke that we could travel forward in time, I think that there actually are ways that we could take that to a more science fiction route. Um, but from the science that we know, or the science that I know, I should say, uh, I don't think that back in time is possible. So I'll, I'll say 10 out of 10 for time travel. Zero out of ten for moving back in time. Well, I'll say one out of ten because I'm not smart enough to actually like rule anything out. But um, and then I'll say six out of ten for time travel in general, moving forward and back. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and use that as your score for the purposes of the spreadsheet. Okay. So it's interesting. Time travel is something that I think is very far fetched, but there's a lot of things in science that I never imagined would be possible, and I have heard. Not, maybe not from the physics side, but I had an astronomy professor when I was in college, and he he was a little bit zoinked out sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Uh, an astronomy professor. Well, well, let's see where this goes. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't necessarily believe that time travel was a real possibility anytime soon, but he would talk about the Doppler effect sometimes, how that played into it, and it has to do with, like, the speed of light, and then something to do with, like, infrared light and waves listen i have no idea what it meant at this point um and therefore i cannot use it to scientifically give any credence whatsoever but at the time i i was able to sort of get a get my head around the idea that if humans ever were able to find something that was faster than light which has always been like a science fiction concept but something that maybe a lot of scientists have very much tried to do for real um, then there might be a world where some element of time travel would be possible. And I remember, sorry, go ahead. Well, actually, that's how you can travel forward in time is going past the speed of light, right? Because the way that um, things are being processed 
is by light. So when you see stars in the sky, what you're seeing yeah. is the light that a star is giving off. So we're not actually seeing the star at its current state. We're seeing it after the light has traveled to us, right? Which is our reality. And ev that's how everything moves. Everything is moving underneath the speed of light. So if you can move faster than the speed of light, theoretically, you should be able to jump to a place faster than it can be perceived, which is how you would essentially, like, phenomenologically instantaneously show up somewhere. But it still couldn't be done in reverse by that logic specifically. Great. That actually is what I was going to try to say, but I think that you said it way better than I would have been able to. Um, and Again, like, goes I, I'm a philosophy and arts marketing person who heard this from a physicist, so take what I say major with a grain of salt. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm, an, I'm a sociology guy who heard it from an astronomy professor at, like, a community college in California years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, listen... If it, if it doesn't already go without saying, Lucas and I are not experts. We're wildly speculating because it's yeah. fun and we like to have the conversation. But please don't take away anything that we say seriously. If, but yeah. by all means, do more research on your own. Like, yes. well-researched um, evidence yes. and stuff is, is out there for things. So do that. Do, do remember, this is in fact a Gravity Falls podcast and not a physics podcast. And don't repeat things that we say and expect them to be accurate without looking it up yourself. Because then you'll look foolish and it's not our fault. Totally. I'm going to transition into iTunes reviews first because I think that <laughs> okay. people, when people cut out early at all, I think it's in the very last section when we promote stuff. So if you are oh. still listening, and I'm going to try to do this at the beginning of next episode before I forget, um, yeah. iTunes reviews. We have a lot of people who seem to very much care about this podcast, and that means the world. If you Ooh. have the time to just go on and write us a five-star iTunes review, that's the kind of thing that helps the algorithm so that other people will find the show faster. Because right now, when people search Gravity Falls, we don't show up on the list yet. But we could if we have more reviews behind us. So if yeah. you all would be willing to help us out with that, that would seriously mean the world. Um, and as I've said before, I will read your review on this podcast. For the amount of people that listen, I'm a little surprised that we don't have any actual reviews to show for it. Because... You guys are out there, like, and we appreciate you very, very much. Make no mistake, Definitely. regardless of whether you leave a review, the fact that anybody cares to listen to what we do is incredible. And we've been overwhelmed by it, especially over the last week or two, just talking been, to the future yeah. and different things. Yeah, we've been killing it a little bit, low-key. We've been killing it. And uh, thank you all, because we wouldn't be able to do that without um, all of you for us to kill. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? We're killing it. We wouldn't, oh, be, we wouldn't be able God. to. It's just a joke. You can't stop paying I'm attention sorry. to what I say. Ever. I, no, I will throw you on. No, I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> didn't just make funny. the connection between the original statement and the joke. Now I get it. Sometimes I think a joke can still be good if you have to explain it. I know because Ooh. I have to explain quite a few. Um, <laughs> that might not still, that's okay. <laughs> no, we're not going to think too hard about it. This okay. podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Uh, with lots of other rewatches and chosen movies. Check them out over there. We are on Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. We love it. Videos are great, too. And check out our Discord if you want to talk about this show and everything else about cartoons. Cartoon fans, go there. Thanks to our artist, Tessa Scarborough, for this incredible illustration, which we love very much that it represents our show. And the voice of the mysterious woman, Anna LaFleur? What? We'll see you all next week. Happy sleuthing. Enjoy your time travel, friends. You only got so much of it. It's a morbid way for me to end. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>